Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Top of the List. I am one of your hosts, Dom, here with your other host, RB. Tell everyone what's up. What's up, everybody? And today, we bring you a new episode of Top of the List. We've had a few movie episodes. We had our Top 10 Films of 2022. If you guys haven't seen that one yet, go check it out. We also followed that up with our Top 5 TV shows of 2022, where RB had a bunch of great brand new shows that we talked about. I mean, RB and I had a bunch of great brand new shows that we talked about. No, only my shows were great. Honestly, Yours were way better than mine because I messed up last time and I feel really badly. After I listened back to it, I felt badly. But this week, we have some important TV to talk about. We got a brand new HBO show. We got a brand new pilot. Um, RB's been locked in on the HBO drama as of late. Um, He's been watching uh, Game of Thrones. He's been watching House of the Dragon. Um, Were you talking to me about White Lotus too or was that someone else? I have not seen White Lotus yet. I have heard from a lot I've of people how great it is, and it's it's very high on yeah. my list, if not top of my list right now. I got a lot of shows that I got to catch yeah. up on, man. But I've heard nothing but great things about White Lotus, which I think they just announced for a season three. Yeah, so HBO has been knocking it out of the park, and one of their, at least my most anticipated releases that they have this year is of course The Last of Us, the video game, the video game turned TV show, an adaptation. Um, briefly, before we go into our impressions on the pilot here, I want to talk about a little bit of background knowledge. So stick around. If you haven't yet seen the episode, I'll just give you guys a little background knowledge here. Um, first of all, one of the one of the things that was telling me that this was going to be head and shoulders above of some other video game adaptations that we've seen was that. The director behind it and the fact that we had the actual creative writer and director of the first Last of Us and second Last of Us games as one of the main showrunners on the show. So that was one of the main draws to me for this one. And I think it paid off, you know, a little bit of my opinion there, but I think it paid off. Um, The other big reason, the biggest background I think that I was putting my faith in on this show was the director, Chris Mazin. He made one of my favorite TV shows of all time. And this is saying something, RB, because it's Chernobyl. And I usually don't, I I mean, unless it's something very special, I am not drawn to something that's based on a real horrific event like that. Mm -hmm. But the Mm -hmm. way that he executed that show made such an emotional and fearful reaction. It was so well executed. I just knew whatever this guy makes next, I got to watch it. What do you think about Chernobyl, RB? Yeah, so I, similar to how you feel about the the Dahmer series we talked about last week, I feel that way about Chernobyl. There is nothing that terrifies me more than like nuclear meltdown, things like that. So I never watched Chernobyl. That is up there like with one of the craziest things I don't watch. And I love documentaries. It was horrifying. It is is one of the scariest, most horrific moments ever. That, you know, I didn't live through it, obviously, but in history that I can think back to, like, I have recurring nightmares that I'm at the at the nuclear power plant as it's melting down. Um, So I never watched the show, but I can I can understand from (laughs) seeing this, this first episode, how that could have been knocked out of the park as well. It was one of the best shows I've ever seen, limited series, mm-hmm. and what, and I was a little afraid because one of the strongest attributes of that was the realism, the fact that that did happen, mm-hmm. and I was wondering, how are they going to translate that into something that has to do with zombies? And I think here is right. where we can trans- transition into our review of this episode because mm-hmm. I think they executed this as flawlessly as they possibly could have. I don't think this is a 10 out of 10 because I have 
a couple nitpicks here and there, but I would give this a 9 out of 10. I think this is one of the best pilots I've seen on HBO. What, what's your impression? Okay. Of yeah, you know, credit where credit is due. This is not my type of show. This is, you know, I, I'm not all that into, you know, if they're going to make a show like this, I'd rather see it on the big screen as a two-hour feature film and not a, a series. Credit where credit is due. This kept me locked in the entire episode. I was thoroughly entertained. Um, I think the actors were great. Again, got some oh, nostalgia. Yeah. I played a little bit of the video game and definitely got some some nostalgic moments back in high school uh, when I played this. Um, I feel like I got to knock it a little bit for originality points. Um, it does seem okay. very similar to almost any other zombie you know, contagion outbreak causing zombie film. And on top of that, it's based off right of the video the game. It's not hundred percent original content, but because it kept me so entertained, it's better than good. I'm going to give it a seven and a half out of 10. Okay. Okay. For the lack That's of originality, I, I, I don't think I can give it more okay. than that. I can't say it's quite great. I have, I have a couple I have I have a well planned okay. out argument here on this episode. Already, right. I wrote Perfect. down some points, and I, I want to make right. an argument. I want to see if I can get you to move that score to great because there yeah. was a lot more Spoken to this like episode. A true than English major, eye. dude. I I love this episode. <laughs> I I seriously okay. think there's a lot more than meets the eye. I've been doing my research on this. Okay, so right here, I think can you give our fans the spoiler warning because we got to get into spoilers. All right, here we go. Got to clear the throat. We haven't done okay. spoilers in a while, so. <clears throat> First spoiler warning of 2023. There it is. So now we're going to be talking about all the details. Now, we will not be spoiling anything that happens in the later parts of the game because, you know, RB has played a lot of the game. I've played a lot of the game. So we're not going to spoil what happens later. If, we, if we've gone past this point, we won't say anything after the point where this episode ends. But this episode yep. begins with one of, and this is my point. I have five points here. So I've got five reasons mm-hmm. why I think mm-hmm. this is one of the best pilots I've ever seen, especially on HBO. Um, reason number one is one of the most, best cold opens for a pilot I've ever seen on a TV show. It's better than, I think, even Breaking Bad's cold open, which was one of the best I'd ever seen. And... Um, Here's the reason why. So the cold open is this TV interview on ABC, and this is right – I think this perfectly encapsulates everything that you need to know about The Last of Us universe and what this show is going to be. And it's done in such a way that I think – you know, you were saying you were knocking it a little bit for – being kind of similar to The Walking Dead, which is the main competitor. Mm -hmm. Let's say it right now, right? Walking Dead is the main competitor. And um, this is what kind of made me like it more than The Walking Dead. And I was a big Walking Dead fan for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that in this scene in the interview, it fully adds this level of anxiety to every second of everything that happens in the rest of the series and this episode. Because it adds something that The Walking Dead never had, and that is scientific realism. And I don't know if there's been any zombie movies that have pulled this off. Because usually it's just like some sort of bloodborne pathogen. In this, the way that he describes, and I love how they start off as a traditional camera shots that you would see in a TV interview of the 1960s. And mm-hmm. then as he starts describing this fungus and what could happen, and you start realizing, wait, this sounds awfully familiar to what happened to us with COVID. I started feeling this level of tension and anxiety build up in me. And then 
the only close-up of the entire sequence in this cold open is a close-up of John Hanna. And the first things he says, because they would try to discredit him and saying, well, fungus only, this only works in ants because ants have a low blood temperature. Right. And he fungus says, right, can't right, survive now, higher than 94 if, degrees. Exactly. Now he says, what? What if, and this is the close-up, it comes in right here. What if the world got a lot warmer? And that just made my heart race. I was like, whoa, and, and not even, I'm feeling not like this could really happen. A little bit warmer, a, 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 a lot warmer. He says, just a few degrees warmer. Not, not gets hotter, right. not begins to boil, not the polar ice caps melt. I will agree with you here. Because he direct, you know, yeah. immediately, because even the other scientist, if you recall, is discussing a pandemic. So it begins with putting us into things that we know in the world. And I will agree that I right. love this opening sequence. And this opening sequence was not something, if I recall correctly, that was included in the video game. This was something that was original. Completely original. Yeah. Completely yeah. original. So I, I love This it. was probably my favorite sequence in the entire show. And I know a lot of cool things happen in this, you know, for a, a slower right. open. And is there as an exposition moment I'm to right explain, there you. you know, essentially. But yeah, I loved how this was handled. And painting the picture of the difference between what's happening versus a pandemic, which is something that we've all now lived through. And, of course, then tying in global warming and something that is still currently ongoing and climate change. And Walking Dead has always been more about the aftermath. I love that this show is showing kind of the, the what caused it, what the reasoning is, and explaining and answering all of our questions as to how it spread. And um, I think that's really cool. And it added realism, whereas The Walking Dead is just kind of about how much zombie gore can we put on the screen. That's kind of the opposite of what The Last of Us is. It's not about the zombies. It's not about the gore. It's not about it being the end of the world. It's about the characters. And that leads me into my second point here, RB. Mm -hmm. um, so in the next scene, of course, we see – I love the visual storytelling in this show. So the next scene, we see the windows open. Fans are on. It's 2003. This is a big change from the game. In the game, it was present day. The game came out in 2013. So they've made it 2003 for a very specific reason, RB. And I want to know what your opinion is on this. And I think it's a beautiful change because in the Last of Us game, there's smartphones in this flashback mm -hmm. sequence. Mm -hmm. And one of the big things I always wondered was, where are all the people on Twitter talking about this? Where are all the people on Facebook talking about this? Well, they fixed that in this because make it in 2003, everybody has yeah. flip phones. There's no Twitter. There's no Facebook. That adds even more tension to this because it could happen at any point without warning. So I thought that was really special. What did you no, think about that? No, you're absolutely right. Yeah, no, I, I agree very much. And I didn't really put that together. In fact, I didn't even catch that it was 2003 in the opening in this one. I just remember it saying... 20 years later. So I, I had assumed that this was modern day and then 20 years in the future once we get the flash forward. So I, I didn't even catch that. Um, but that's, that's a very interesting point that and I it never makes really it even, even more thought powerful. Of. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It makes it even more powerful because 20 years after 2003 is this year. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, correct. And yeah. Um, okay. So now we're talking about this opening sequence and I want, I'm going to get your opinion on the actors here, but I want to blow your mind with this mm -hmm. Tiny, I mean, it's a detail that you wouldn't even notice on first or second watch, maybe. But okay. I want to blow your mind here with this detail, RB. Okay. So, how was this fungal infection spread? Do you, ha do you have any idea? Because they, they tell you in the show without telling you at all. Yeah, so that I haven't... I mean, I would assume it had something to do with... with you know, I, I didn't know. I had to look it up every online. Time I see, yeah, every time I see them and they're around someone, you're like, oh, shoot, are they going to get infected? No, I did notice that at right. the end we see, we see 
Bella, I think her name is, right? The the little girl. Show mm-hmm. her arm and she has mm-hmm. a wound and she said this was three weeks ago. Who who survives three weeks or three days maybe? Um, so it, mm-hmm. I, I would assume it has something to do with blood getting in the bloodstream, but I'm not sure it because we also contact. see – Okay, is it? Okay. But I mean how, how so then in that contact, initial scene yeah. that we are when she's with the neighbor – I mean, the neighbor isn't touched by anyone. So, yes, that's my right. question. Go ahead. So here, so it's it's so subtle and it's so beautiful. I love the creepiness of this. Mm-hmm. So the opening scene, she's making breakfast for her dad. It's her dad's birthday, right? She's making bacon and eggs, and the radio's on in the background. On the radio, there's music playing, and then the radio switches to some sort of broadcast, news broadcast, where they're talking about Jakarta. Remember, they're having this conversation. Yes, Jakarta, yes. where's Jakarta? Yeah. Is, is oh, Jakarta's in Indonesia. Yeah. Is that a country? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, look it up in real life, RB. Jakarta is in the, in Indonesia. And yep, what's in cap- Jakarta? The number one flour mill in the world. Largest flour mill in the entire world. Now, what was she supposed to make Joel for his birthday, RB? Pancakes. They're out yep. of flour, so they can't eat the pancakes that morning. Now, fast forward to when they're going wow. outside and they see the neighbors. What's, what's the neighbor feeding the old lady in the wheelchair? biscuits mm-hmm. biscuits mm-hmm. she's the one that gets infected because she eats biscuits the flour and the biscuits now fast forward after the daughter gets the watch and she comes back home to the uh the to the family and she sees the nana there and they say let's make some cookies yep. and she walks into the kitchen and she says oh great chocolate chip with a big smile on her face she says no i think we'll make raisin raisin and then yeah. she gets a frown on her face she doesn't like raisin cookies she never ate the raisin cookies she never ate the flour right. that's why she's not infected Mm-hmm. I just thought that was a beautiful detail that you could totally miss. So it's I, the flower I, from Jakarta that got the fungal you. infection. And that's very interesting and insightful. But then again, I mean, how – That's cool, huh? Again, and, and this <laughs> is one of my nitpicks. So following up with that, in a 20-year flash forward, yeah. everyone eats flour every day. I mean how long would it take to discover that? And at that point, wouldn't just everyone have been infected except for maybe people who, who have a gluten allergy, you know? Right, exactly. It was gluten. Exactly. So it was like a lot of people that didn't eat gluten or didn't eat bread, they, they were the ones that survived. Or There was a shortage as well. That's what they were talking about in Jakarta. There was a shortage for that reason. They couldn't get flour to make pancakes. So that's okay. kind of like why they weren't able to get infected. So okay. it's, it's pretty interesting. I thought that was a nice little detail in the back there. Um, but it's very interesting. Based it's on not what your something nitpick, I caught, your but nitpick it makes is the me same further nitpick. nitpick. Yeah. Your nitpick is the same nitpick as me, though, I think, because um, – and I'll just say it now. That way you can kind of rebut if you need to. My, my biggest nitpick with this first episode is after the 20-year time jump, it feels like we get a lot of information at us really quickly, a lot of new characters really quickly, and then mm-hmm. they're kind of just disposed of. And yeah. I think it could have yeah. been done a little smoother, and that's my biggest nitpick. That's one reason why I didn't give it a 10 out of 10. But other than that, I thought the rest of the episode was amazing. What do you think okay, about that? Okay, okay. Um, I, I definitely agree with you. Um, I, I do like how the episode too similar to too fast. Yeah, I do like how the episode similar to the game is not just giving you all the information though. Like we don't exactly know what the goal of the fireflies are. We don't exactly know what Bella's you know reason right. is, or you know we subtly get hints. Bella that, is okay, the actress's she's... name. Oh, I apologize. What's her name? No, sorry. So it's Ellie in the game, and then Bella is the actress that plays Ellie. That's right. That's right. Of course, um, and I do have to shout this out. Uh, back on HBO, uh, Bella Ramsey and uh, 
and Pedro Pascal, of course, returning on HBO. They were both in yeah. Game of Thrones. Pedro Pascal as uh, Oberyn exactly. Martell and uh, uh, Mormont. I forget her name, the, the role that something mm-hmm. Mormont, Bella Ramsey played. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I just – I like how it subtly does that. But I agree with you that it's a lot of information thrown at you, which is one of my critiques from the game as well right off the bat as soon as we get that flash forward like we get zero introduction to who right um and i'm, I'm blanking on her name right now that his his tess. smuggler slash love entrance what was it tess is it te- yeah tess so we get zero introduction she just shows up and i'm like I, I mean who is this at first i thought maybe it was like the neighbor remember because he you know when he first you know runs over the people who are infected right. The woman's name is Denise. I, I remember that because of your mom. And Den- Denise goes, damn it, Joel, you know? And I'm like, oh, is that her? Like, I had to think about that for a minute because it's been a while since I played the game. And I was like, I didn't remember that at all. Um, so again, yes, a lot of information thrown at you. Um, and then again, the, just the time jump. You know, there's a lot that I would have liked to have known happened in yes. those 20 years. That we, I think yes. we missed that are a golden opportunity. And the game has a time jump as well into this period. I don't know that it's yeah. a full 20 years, but... Um, it is 20. I, oh, it is indeed 20. I, I remember that playing the game too. I, I wanted to know what happened over that time and learn more about Joel as we go on. That felt like that we were missing... It felt like there was a little bit of a missing piece there between mm-hmm. that 20-year time jump and what yeah. happened. So, yeah, I I agree with you on that. And then, of course, then we get into this 20 years later world and it's such a new environment. And there's there's signs. My mom, I was watching it with my mom and my dad and they were asking me, like, oh, pause it so we could read what these signs are saying. Like, what's the rules of this society? And you Mm -hmm. can pause it and you could read the signs. But I mean, you know, it is a lot of information to absorb really quickly early on. So I I do have to say that is a flaw. But Mm -hmm. um, one of the biggest reasons why I do think this is a nine out of ten. So I had my first three. And then um, one of my biggest reasons uh, is number four, and that is um, Pedro Pascal as Joel. And um, I think he's fucking amazing in this role. I, I, I love him in this role. I think he is pitch perfect as Joel. And he had one of the best character arcs in a single episode of television that I've ever seen. And, and that, that's really my main reason why I love this show. So, yeah, that's, that's my big reason there. I don't know how I feel about him in this role. I, I mean, I think, again, when you have something to base your character on, when it's not a completely original portrayal, it's, it's got to be easier for you to play. And, I mean, I think he plays it spot on the way the character is designed in the video game, so I give him credit for that. Yeah. And I think he was cast for a reason. I mean... Whether or not we want to admit it, I feel like you look at Joel and his arc throughout this, and it, it's somewhat similar to uh, Jinjarin as, as you know, as uh, as Mando. A you know, bit. so I understand yeah. where he's cast in I this role, that. why he's cast in this role, and I understand why he hits the role out of the park. Now, again, I, I'd like to see as the show goes on if he gives it his own little spin, because right now I feel like he's just reenacting, you know, our our video game character. Uh, of Joel almost to right, the point. Right. And, and I, 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 I like I his, don't, yeah, I, I, I have a hard time drawing connection to this because I hated this film obviously, but, and I didn't hate the show at all or this, this pilot, I should say, right. But drawing similarities to like the, the Disney reenactments that we hate that are like shot for shot remakes that are just, 
you know, you cast someone and say, this is the role you're playing and show them an example. Now, see, this is the, this is the main, this is my number five reason on here, on this list. Mm -hmm. And this is, I think we sit at different spectrums on this one because I, I'm, I'm there with you, RB as with the Disney movies, we want originality, but with video games, we have gotten so many video game adaptations that they have taken a huge left turn in their own direction and were terrible, absolutely horrific. And, you know, namely like, you know, Tomb Raider and stuff like that. Like we've gotten, right, right. Like even Uncharted was one of the most tame ones that we got. And even that was very different than the game, except for one or two scenes. Right. Um, you know, the one where he's flying out of the plane is right from the game. And that's one of the only ones from, right from the game. And um, mm-hmm. so I've been craving a faithful adaptation that just adds a little bit more than what the game had in the form of a TV show. So for me, that's what hit home for me on this one. Okay, and and I can I can definitely see what you're saying. I, I'm not going to disagree with you there at all. But um, gotcha. Uh, but yes, for the same reason, I'm kind of not right there with you. And I, I think back to what has Different been my spectrums. favorite recent. Yeah, my 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 most recent favorite video game adaptation, which was um, uh, the the newest Mortal Kombat HBO Max, which was right. something that I absolutely loved. That was. Completely, completely original new story. Thought, you know, new char- same characters, but a new story completely from what we had gotten in the video games, which I love. Exactly. Now, The Last of Us is very different, though, obviously, than a, a game, and I think that comes with game style. You know, an open play game like The Last of Us is very different from a game like uh, Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat is cutscenes and fight scenes. You know, not necessarily a game that you play through like The Last of Us. So. I think with The Last of Us, this was the right decision. I didn't want them to go off the rails necessarily. And they made the right decision right. with that. Um, again, I just unfortunately do ding it a little bit for the lack of originality. And that's, that's a fair, fair enough uh, yeah. session of this. So. But it's been executed I agree that, so that's very well through this first episode. Yes. My, my biggest thing, and, and I don't know if you noticed this, but I, this is one of the reasons why I love uh, Pedro Pascal. I love Bella Ramsey's performance in this. And I love Nico Parker, who plays Sarah, uh, Joel's daughter, and the f- early flashback sequence to 2003, right, 2003 yeah. sequence. Who I think, and, I um, think of anyone I, I in this think, episode gave the best performance. Yeah. Oh, she by far gave the best performance. Yep. And that's why I want to talk about her right now, because this is my favorite mm-hmm. moment in the entire episode. And that is right at the beginning when Joel comes to save her after she first encounters the grandma in the wheelchair as a zombie. He comes through with a wrench and smacks Granny across the face and kills her. And the amazing acting moment here is his first reaction is to look to his daughter, turn around. She's crying and she's going, you, you killed her. You killed her. And she's going, I'm sorry. He's going, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's showing you the kind of man he is then. And that's where he starts at this episode. Then we go all the way to the ending of this episode where they get caught outside the uh, quarantine zone. And the soldier there is holding the gun and he gets a flashback to the death of his daughter. Mm-hmm. And this time he says, no, I'm not going to let that happen. And he beats this guy to death. But yeah. this time, and this is the beauty of The Last of Us, but this time Ellie enjoys watching him kill this man. She has a grin on her face. She knows that this guy will protect her and get her, keep her safe, which is way different mm-hmm. of a relationship. And that encapsulates everything about The Last of Us in just this one episode. It is not about the zombie apocalypse. It's about how the zombie apocalypse affected 
these characters' morality and who they were. Right, and I, so I that's see my that, big but I, I, I do feel that that's still true of of almost any zombie show. I mean, you can even go yeah. into you know some of the comedies. Like I think about Warm Bodies, and that's all about that. I understand that's well, even done that from the vantage point of a zombie, and yet we see how it affects the morality of humans. We don't even have to talk about zombie films, Contagion esque films, Planet uh, the the second Planet of the Apes, Rise and the Apocalypse. Of the yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, we see apocalypse. how that's transformed characters and even in the the last planet of the apes and the performance given by um woody harrelson right it, you know yeah, we see how it creates that feeds you know who is really the most on originality yeah yeah because you know it's it, this is something that's been done before i just feel like it's never been done before to this quality and that's what blew me away i mean the, the plane crash i thought was high, flawless absolutely. What was that? What do you think about that whole sequence in the town? The whole sequence in the town with the planes falling and the car crashes. I thought it was fantastic. Well handled. And, you know, things we've seen that have been poorly handled. That, uh, you know, immediately flash back to World War Z. Did you, uh, did you ever see the film? A terrible film. World oh, yeah. War Z. With, but horribly terrible. handled. That opening scene where they're in traffic and, you know, the contagion first starts to spread. Well handled, but we've seen it before. Again, yes. I agree yes. with you. This is the high, I hate stuff like this. I've told you, I hate apocalyptic yeah. zombie thriller. And I am enjoying this show, but I have seen this yeah. before. And Just, that's my big question for you yeah. here at the NRB. Are you going to keep yeah. watching? Did this get you? Yeah. I'll, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. I, I am locked in. I am entertained by this show. That's number one. If, if I'm watching a show, it doesn't matter the subject matter. If I get through that first episode and I'm entertained and I want more, which I want more of this. I want to keep watching. I'm going to keep watching. So, again, like I said in the leading, credit where credit is due. This is the most entertained I've ever been by a post-apocalyptic zombie show, and I'm going to keep watching. That being said, and and potentially this has room to grow. But right now my first impression is better than good, not quite great, because everything I've seen so far, I feel like I've seen, even if it's been more poorly executed, this is the best execution of a subject that I feel like we've seen over and over again, especially yeah. hammered harder now that we've all lived through a pandemic. Yeah, exa- exactly. Yeah. And I, I, I see where you're coming from on this one. And mm-hmm. I, I tend to agree with you as well. It, it has been done before. But for me, it was just the quality of the production just blew me away in this one. And the Extremely actors I love. Extremely high so, quality. I will agree with you there. Yeah. So we'll see where this goes. Um I think that if we come across an episode that RB and I both universally agree is like one of the best episodes, maybe we'll do an episode review later in the season. But if not, we'll do what we've been doing in the past. You know, in 2022, we, we started doing it. We'll do pilot and then the finale where we'll talk about the whole season mm-hmm. as a whole. So if you don't hear from us until the finale, uh, we'll see you then. Um, RB, you want to take us out here? Let us know what our links are and everything. Yeah, absolutely. Before we get into that, just um, some, to let you know what we're coming into in the in the coming weeks, we got some big movies coming out. Of course, this upcoming week we have uh, Searching coming out, uh, which I know Dom, you're really excited about because uh, you're a big fan of oh, yeah. Missing, which was the. Uh, did I get those right, or am I am I mixing them? Other way around. Other way around. Okay, so Missing is coming out uh, from the same creator of Searching. Uh, so we'll probably do a double review there. I haven't seen either, 
Uh, definitely would like to watch both in the coming week, and we'll probably do a double review for that next week. And then right after that, I think we'll lead into a knock at the cabin. Of course, M. Night Shyamalan's next great film, which we're both huge Shyamalan fans. So really excited to review that one for you. But again, um, let us know as well what you'd like us to review and what your thoughts were on The Last of Us uh, premiere. You can find our Twitter links down below. Uh, be sure uh, – oh, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. Um, you know, Thanks for watching another episode, guys. Also, um, make sure you can find us on Letterboxd. Uh, keep up with what we're watching. Also a fun way to just keep track of what you've been watching, what your favorite films have been later on. But otherwise, we'll catch you guys next week on another episode of Top of the List. Later. <laughs>